Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Let's read from verse number 3 to 13. Romans chapter 12 from verse number 3 to 13. Bible says that, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to, be, to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one in Christ and individually, individually members of one another. Having the gifts, having then gifts different, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exaltation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who he who sows mercy with cheerfulness, let us love, let love be without hypocrisy. Above what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Let's read verse 11 together because verse 11 is my key test for everybody. Are you there? Let's read verse 11 together. Ready, go. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's read it again. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Hallelujah. Now, Paul was writing this letter to the church in Rome, and he was saying to them that, listen, God has called you. God has paid a price for you. God has brought you, bought you with his own blood through the, his son, Jesus Christ, for a purpose. And now that we are gathered here, now that we are, we are sons of God, now that we are children of God, we have to understand that we, all of us, have a purpose to be here. So nobody should think of themselves higher than they ought to think. Because everybody is important. Just as the body, we are different members in one body. The hand, the leg, the eyes, the nose, the ears, every one of us make up this whole body. So let everyone do their function with humility. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I know I've been giving you a title for the, for the message, but you just hang on with me. Hallelujah. Let everybody do what they are supposed to do in diligence. If you are prophesying, prophesy according to your, your faith. If you are ministering, minister according to your faith. If you are teaching, teach according to your, your gift. If you are uh, exhorting, exhort with the gift that has been given to you. If you love, love without hypocrisy. If you are, whatever you are doing, let us do it in love. Let us be kindly affectionate one to another. Hallelujah. 
And then he goes on to say something that I consider very important. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Hallelujah. What he was trying to say is that when it comes to our service with God, we must not be lazy. The word lagging means lazy. Hallelujah. The word lagging means what? Lazy. Hallelujah. Paul says that we are not supposed to be lagging behind when it comes to diligence. When it comes to diligence, what's another word for diligence? English students. Sasha, what's another word for diligence? If you don't know, you can, you can Google it. Meticulous. Careful. Systematic. Hallelujah. When it comes to being systematic, when it comes to being meticulous, when it comes to being uh, orderly, let none of us be lazy. Amen. He was talking about people who were motivated to do something, hallelujah, for God. And he's saying that whatever you are doing for God, you must have a certain mindset, hallelujah. I want to talk about that mindset that Paul was talking about. And the title of my message is Serving God with Diligence. Hallelujah. Serving God with Diligence. He was saying that if we are going to serve God, we must add diligence to what we are doing. Hallelujah. We are supposed to add diligence. You see, when, when Jesus was addressing the seven churches in, in Revelation, how many remember? He was talking to the church in Laodicea, and he said something to them. He said that, you guys, you are lukewarm. You are neither hot nor cold. So I cannot do very much with you. I wish that you were hot. Then I can use you. Or I wish that you were cold. Then I will heat you up and, and be able to use you. But now that you are not hot or cold, you are not useful to me. So I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Because they were very lackadaisical. In this day and age, one of the things that we are all, we are all guilty of, or most of us are guilty of, is that when we are serving God, our diligence is not the same as when we are serving mammon. How many understand what I'm saying? When we are working for the, the man who pays our wages, the effort that we put in is slightly or totally different from when we are serving in the house of God. How many will agree with me? The way we serve God is in a way. And the way we serve at work is another way. And Paul was saying that you must understand that you have been bought with a price. If you can understand that you have been bought with a price, then the way you will serve will be different. Am I talking to somebody? You see... There is a difference between a volunteer and a slave. Can I take my time? There is a difference between somebody who is volunteering and somebody who is a slave. A slave 
has a certain mindset. A volunteer has a certain mindset. Hallelujah. I'm going somewhere with this, so you follow me. <laughs> let, let me let's look at a few differences between a slave and a, a, a volunteer. A volunteer can get tired and sit down. And it's okay, isn't it? A volunteer chooses when and how to serve. How many have ever volunteered before? You know, when you have volunteering, you choose the time you work. I can only volunteer three hours of my time. Because that is all I have. Do you get it? But when you are a slave, or you have been engaged, you see, let, let's, for, the, for the sake of, let, let's, use, let's use for the sake of modern life. We can't use slave anymore. So let's say in modern day, let's say you've been contracted. If you have been contracted to work for eight hours, you don't determine the time you take a break. Your boss is the one who says that your break time is between 12 and 1. Am I making sense? So you have to work from morning if you start to work at 8, you cannot sit down till 12 o'clock because that is your break time. Am I making sense? You cannot say that, oh, I am tired, so I'm sitting down. Or uh, my wife has just called me to go and to buy uh, some eggs and uh, bacon to, to bring home. So I am going. When I, I'll come back after I've taken the eggs and bacon to my wife. That is you get, losing your job. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Because you have been engaged. You are a slave to the boss. The boss decides when you work. A volunteer chooses when, when and how to work. Slaves are on call day and night. Amen. Some of us in this room, we are on call. Which means that even as you are in church, your, your, your uh, what do you call it? Your beeper or your phone can go, isn't it? Pastor William, isn't it? Your boss can call you right now that I need you at work now. And immediately you drop everything and go. Why? Because you have been contracted to be on call. So you can be sleeping in the night. If there is something going off at work and you are on call, what do they do? They just ring you and you have to get up and go. But the volunteer says that, listen, I'm, I'm finished. I'm, going, I'm, I'm done for the day. So they will not be called. Amen. Volunteers can quit serving if they, are, they get tired. But the slave cannot quit serving even when they are tired. Let's say you, you went for an all night. And so you didn't have a good sleep. And then you are starting work at seven. And then you go straight to work. You can't say that because I had an all night, I'm tired, so I can't. Let me go and sleep a little bit. You'll be sacked. The master may change the, the duty of the slave. Or the master, your boss may change your duty when you go to work. Amen. But 
still, you are not free to quit. But a volunteer, you have your expectations. If they change the, the job you, uh, you are supposed to do, you can say, I, I don't want to do this. I didn't sign for this. Are you with me? Let's say you, you have been volunteered to give drink to people. And then you go and say, move boxes. Say, no, 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 I don't move boxes. I don't lift heavy things. Because you're a volunteer, you can decide, I can only serve water, but I won't move heavy boxes. And that's it. It's fine. Amen. There's a certain expectation of a contracted worker. Hello? How many understand that? Your boss has some, they, they have something called job description. They give you that. This is the job you are expected to do, and if you fulfill this, we will give you this amount of money. That is the contract you signed. So you have a set, they have a certain expectation. You are supposed to be here at such and such a time. You are supposed to do such and such a work. You are supposed to finish at this time, and you are supposed to have this amount of money at the end of the week, at the end of the month. Amen. When you excel, you expect to be given nothing apart from your wages, isn't it? But a volunteer expects a certain honor, a certain guard, isn't it? A certain cross to be given to them because, it's, uh, listen, I'm not being paid to do this job. So if I'm doing it, you have to be happy or clap for me or honor me or respect me. Amen. Slaves don't have any expectations. Oh, you have done your work very well, so your boss will give you a bonus. It's not written anywhere that because you have worked harder than you normally work, they have to give you bonus. If they, they, they want to give you bonus, that's a different thing. Am I making sense? Now, what am I, why am I saying all these things? I'm saying all these things because we must accept that we have been bought. Amen. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, that, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hallelujah. So he, 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 has, he has exchanged our heavy burden with his yoke. So we, there's a contract there. Are you with me? So it is not free. The blood of Jesus is not free. He bought us with a price. Paul says that you have been purchased with a price. You have been purchased with the, with the blood of the Lamb for a reason. We have been bought with a price. If we have been bought, then there's a certain expectation. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? If only we have been bought, then there's an expectation. God expects you and I to work. And here Paul was saying that not lagging in diligence. Hallelujah. Go back to Romans 12, 11. Not lagging in diligence. Not lagging. Because you are a slave. Because you are a slave. Because you have been contracted. Because you have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. You cannot afford to serve him anyhow. Amen. Contrary to what we have been made to think, we have been made to think that going to church is a volunteer. It's, 
a very optional thing. Hallelujah. How many agree? It's very optional. If you feel like it, you know, it's just, it's about relationship with God. And that. But if that was the case, why would he say that go ye into the world and make disciples of me? He wasn't saying that to a casual person. He was saying it to his disciples. The, the final word that Jesus left with his disciples that go into the world. Go is a command. You don't command a volunteer. You only command a contracted worker. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying so far? I'm trying to build a point before I, I start preaching. Hello? The way you are looking at me, I'm not sure whether you understand. That's why I'm going on. If I, I see a smile, that means you have understood, then I can move on. Is it the mask that is? Don't worry, in the next two weeks, you can take your mask off, according to Boris Johnson. Hallelujah. Are, are, are you with me? Oh, I said, are you with me? If, if he was talking to volunteers, do you think that Jesus would have said that go into the world? You don't command people who are volunteering. You command people you have, you have, contra you have contracted or people you have purchased. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the utmost part of the world. You don't say that to casual people. See, one of the things that Satan has managed to do is to not to change so much the word, but to move it slightly so that we lose the fervency and the urgency. It's like you want somebody on the train going to uh, Manchester. That's the destination. They start from Leeds and they are going on a track that is destined for Manchester. But if the next track around on the, on the same track is going to Liverpool, it's on the same, they're all going north. Are you with me? They're all going to northwest. So if he moves you to the slide, just slightly, say that serve God, but serve him as a volunteer. Instead of serving him as a bond slave. It is all serving God, isn't it? It all looks the same, isn't it? But if you follow that rail that goes to, that is slightly different from the first one, where are you going to end up? You end up in Liverpool, which is not your destination. Am I making sense? It looks like we are all traveling towards the north. Are you with me? But one is going this way, the other one is going that way. Amen. So, it's almost as if now we are, we are permitted to be lazy or we are permitted to serve God on our own terms. We are permitted to do the work as we feel. Amen. And the end of it is what we saw in Revelation that it says that I wish you were hot or I wish you were cold, but you are neither cold nor hot because you have done it in a leisurely way, it is lukewarm. You are not cold, but you are also not hot. And that is, what the church, that is where the church is today. 
That is how come we are serving God but without any persistence. We are serving God but without no pers- uh, diligence. We are serving God but the, 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 there's no conviction. There's no power. There's no passion. There's nothing. It's, it's just there. We are just doing as and when we feel like we can do it. But don't inconvenience me. Don't bother me. Don't uh, put too much pressure on me because, listen, I can only do what I can do and that's all. No, that's a volunteer. Hallelujah. Hey, I I don't think the church likes the message I'm preaching today. The message of God has called us to diligent, fervent service. Hallelujah. He has called us. You know, if if we start the very first verse in this uh, chapter, he says something. My brethren, go to verse 1, verse 1. That's uh, Romans 12, 1. He says that we need to, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. Someone say a living sacrifice. Now, does that look like a voluntary, uh, leisurely something, or does that look like, A bond servant. You are supposed to present yourself, your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. What does that mean? There is something that is not acceptable. And there is something that is acceptable. Hallelujah. You cannot behave in this way and expect it to be accepted. You know, Two people went to give sacrifice to God. One went and just to the back garden and brought a few vegetables and a few uh, produce from the farm that was convenient for him. And then he just brought it. And then the other went diligently searched for the best sheep the best that he had, and he presented it to God. Both of them offered the burnt sacrifices to God. One was acceptable, and the other was not acceptable. Am I making sense? And Cain was very angry that his sacrifice was not holy and acceptable. So he became very angry and jealous about Abel, whose sacrifice was holy and acceptable. And I'm trying to suggest to you that the only reason why Cain's uh, uh, sacrifice was not acceptable was because of his mindset, thinking that he is serving as a volunteer. He just has to do something because he, says he, wants, he wants a sacrifice. So it's like, listen, what is convenient? This is what I have. I have some two tubers of yam, two, three, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cassava and things. Just put them together and this convenience and bring it. Which is what most of us do. Most of us serve God out of convenience. It's the back garden. Just go. If today, Sunday, I am not... 
uh, working. I don't have any deadlines. I don't have any pressure at work, pressure at school and anything. Then I will come to church. But the other says that it's a living sacrifice. Whether I have a pressure, whether I have a deadline, whether I have or I, I don't have, I'm going to be there. I have to feel because it is holy and it is a living sacrifice. Do you know what a living sacrifice means? It means that you are not dead and you are being bent. So you are feeling every pain as you are being offered to God. That is, the, that is what the living sacrifice means. And a convenient sacrifice is, you don't feel, it is like the, uh, the king wanted breakfast. And then the chicken said, oh, I will donate eggs. And the pig was like, I need to donate bacon. And I need to donate sausages. Do you know what that means? One's own is, okay, let me just put three eggs here. Or I have five eggs. Let me take three out of it and give it to the king. But for the other to donate bacon, it means he has to die. Am I making sense? Both of them are giving offering to the king. But one is a pricey one. It's a living sacrifice, and the other one is a convenient sacrifice. Most of us serve God out of convenience. Am I making sense? That is, that is how come we are not seeing a certain blessing from God. Hello? The message of God is calling us to, to serve God like the, the pig. Serve him out of diligence, out of duty. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Look at two, two, two types of servants that serve in Matthew 25. Two types of servants. Verse 24. The second servant came and he said this. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Amen. And his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew I reaped where I did not I have not sown or gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers that at my coming I will receive back my own with interest. The lazy servant put his own convenience first. What is convenient to me is what I will do. It was not convenient for me to go out and use the talent you are giving me because it's winter. No, it's summer. It's, it's football. It's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Euro, Euro semifinals. Football is coming home. And I have to go and welcome football. Hallelujah. So it is not convenient for me to be at about the service of the master. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't like my message. 
Whether you, you smile or not, I'll preach. <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid at all. <laughs> I'm not afraid at all. If you're looking for a, a, a pastor who is afraid of congregation, you have come to the wrong house. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, the lazy servant wanted to do his service out of convenience. The man who was given five talents, immediately the Bible says that he went out there. Whether it was convenient for him or not, he was serving. He was working with the five talents to make five more talents. The one who was given three went out immediately. He didn't have much, but he didn't complain. What did he do? He went and worked with the three talents he had been given. The one who had one, like most people who are lazy, are the ones who complain. The ones who have something to say. Have you not realized that in the house of God, the ones who complain and murmur are the ones who don't do much. The ones who have criticisms to give are the ones who don't do anything. Uh, why is the church? This, the, the church is not growing. We have been here for a long time. The church is not growing. We don't know. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know whether he prays or not. The church is not growing. You see, this, this is why I don't like this type of churches. Our king, he likes uh, servant A. So he gave him five. I, I think servant B is his girlfriend. So he gave servant B three. Me, look at what they gave me. Gave me this, this small talent. What am I going to do with this small thing? Instead of making me preach, they say I should come and share the benediction. Hallelujah. He complained and complained and gave excuses why he could not work. When the king came, what did he say? I knew you were a hard man. Criticism number one. I knew you were a greedy man. Accusation number two. You like to, to, to reap where you have not sold. So I took your talent and I hid it. Because I don't want trouble. I know you like trouble. So here, get what you gave me. And the master said, why did I contract you? You are supposed to be my servant. What does that mean? A servant has a master and a servant receives a reward. Isn't that true? So why am I paying you? If all I've given you is what you have given me back then why did I pay you? Why has God given you peace when others are in trouble? If all he expected from you is what he has given you. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. I'm a cry. I'm struggling to get it. But I don't fear you. I'm going to preach Hallelujah. 
So he says in Proverbs chapter 6, go to the ant, you lazy man, you lazy servant. Go to Proverbs verse six, chapter 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, you lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise, which have no captain or ruler or overseer, provides or supplies provides her supplies in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long, how long would you slumber, oh lazy man? When will you rise from your sleep? When will the church rise from their sleep? When is CICC going to rise from our sleep? When are we going to rise up and do what we are supposed to do? Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> My friend Joe Ade has just joined. Joseph Addison has just joined and is watching. Joe Ade, how are you doing? Amen. How long? How long are we going to just serve God on our own terms and do it anyhow? The lazy servant says that I knew you were a hard man. I knew you, you didn't, uh, uh, you reap where you haven't sown. So I went and I hid your talent. I don't need a talent. But the other two servants said that, listen, the man has given me the talent to work with it. I am blessed to even be appointed to work. So let me go and do my best. When he came, the, the, the reward he gave to the first two are the same. The one who had five talents, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, be a ruler over many, isn't it? The second servant said the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with little, be a master of many. Then this man comes, he says, there are a lot of excuse problems. That's why I don't like excuses, especially when we are serving God. Because excuses stops us from doing what we are supposed to do for the Lord. Hallelujah. So Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, let us not lose heart in doing the good things that we are supposed to do. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, just like the two servants, we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. Serving God has its rewards. But we only reap the rewards when we serve with a certain diligence. When we serve with a certain fervency, amen. So the scripture we're reading all through last month, 1 um, Corinthians 15, 58. It says that, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Your labor is not in Be steadfast. Don't look at those who are not working. Don't look at those who are lazy. Don't look at those who are giving excuses. Don't look at those who are not doing very much. Lagging in diligence. Don't look at them. You be steadfast. Don't move your head to the left or to the right. Stay always abounding. Always moving and increasing in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your work in God is not in vain. 
Am I making sense? You are serving God with diligence because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he will reward you. If you look at somebody and how they are working for the Lord, you will not work. Hallelujah. If you look at the way somebody prays, you will not pray. If you look at the way somebody works in in the church, you will not do anything. Because after all, I'm better than this person, that person, and the other person. But it's not about you being better than the slothful, the lazy ones. It's about you being fervent in spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, it's about you being fervent in spirit. Hallelujah. It's amazing how when we are working hard at work, it's not a problem. But when we are working hard in the house of God, you will get people who criticize you for working hard. How many have been criticized before? And especially those who have been around for a very long time, they are the ones who discourage you. Are you the one who killed Jesus? You are doing too much. You see, this is, this is you, you have just come. So you are just trying to please pastor. You don't know. We have been here for a long time before you came, we're here. This, if you carry it, you see, this church, if you start working hard, they'll put more hard work on you. Just be like us. Just be around. And be cool. Hallelujah. They will start criticizing you. But that is why I said the, the Bible says that be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be anchored. Don't listen and don't look at them. Just keep excelling in the work of the Lord. Because you are supposed to be his slave. He has bought you with a price. The Bible says he that is forgiven much loves much. You don't know where he found me. You don't know the price he paid for me. Maybe you he didn't pay any price because you haven't done a lot of bad things like I have. I have done. Yes, and maybe you were born in the church, so it's okay. You can be here and be here, be cool. Be, just hide the one talent and it's okay. Maybe when he comes, he will not say anything. But for me, where I'm coming from, the heavy burden that has been taken off my head and this small thing that has been given to me, is too light for me to even play with it. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. He says, and whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. Know that what you are doing, you are not doing it for a man. If it was for pastor, don't do it. Because he might not even say thank you. Not that he doesn't want to say thank you. Probably he will not see it. If everything you are doing, he's seeing, then you are not doing much. How <laughs> many know that? If everything you are doing for the ministry, your pastor is seeing it, then you are not doing much. Yeah. I learned this long time ago. Long time ago in the house of God, I learned this that if everything I'm doing for the ministry is what pastor is seeing, then I'm not doing much. 
Because you are, you are just doing eye service. But real ministry, real hard work for the house of God is done where no eye is seen. You are doing it because you are doing it to the Lord, not to a man. Because men will only clap for you when it's convenient for them to clap. When it's not convenient, they won't clap. Hallelujah. That's why you're not clapping right now, isn't it? Because it's not convenient. <laughs> if it was convenient, you clap. If I say something that you like, you clap. But what I'm saying, because it is, mm, it is choking something, you're like, look at me. When are you going to finish? Hurry up and finish so we can, we can go and watch football. <laughs> Hallelujah. If those words apply to slaves, the words we have just read, if it applies, because this word that we just read in Colossians, Paul was talking to slaves. Do you know that? He was talking to bond servants. Says that if you are a slave, know that anything your master tells you to do, do it like you are doing it to the Lord, not to your master. Do it heartily. Not for men, because maybe your boss is not so nice. But do it to the Lord and not to men, knowing that the Lord, from the Lord you receive a reward. Amen. If those words apply to slaves who had the menial jobs imaginable, then it certainly applies to us in the house of God. Amen. Our mindset must be to serve the Lord. Therefore, let us not be lazy. Don't be like Cain. Uh, Convenience. Your sacrifice, you are sacrificing, but your sacrifice is just vegetables from your back garden. Just round the corner. It didn't cost you anything. Remember what David said. I will never give God anything that does not cost me. If my service to God doesn't cost me, I won't give it because it's, it's, it's convenience service. Hallelujah. Yeah, you want me to change my message and take it somewhere? Yeah. Hallelujah. If we understand that the gifts we have been given by God is for the work of the ministry. We will not bluff with it. You have been given the gift of prophecy. Uh, Pastor, as the prophet of the house, I think that you need to look after me properly because the Word that I see from the realm of the spirit, when I give it, that is what gives direction to the house of God. So I need to be treated. Huh. <laughs> no. Don't do that. I mean, can you imagine Uncle Fred comes? Uh, Pastor. I want you to know that the gift I have to put the house of God in order, you need to honor me. 
need a pink chair. You know, the big one with the big palanquin with gold edges. So that anybody comes and sees my chair knows that I am the one who has put all these beautiful things together. No. Minister Michael has a golden chair. <laughs> hey, Minister Michael, you haven't told me you have a golden chair in your church. <laughs> you invite me to come and sit on it. No, no, I'll come and take, sit on it and take a picture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 12, verse 3, that for I say through the grace that has been given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think highly of themselves. Don't be too high-minded because of the gifts of God. Don't be too high-minded. You know, have you not realized that in, in some churches, the ones who give the most, they almost dictate to the pastor how the church has to be done. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like they are the ones who give. Say, hey, come, pastor, don't preach this message here. Or if you preach this message, I won't pay, I won't give. The rent will be, <laughs> the bailiffs will come and lock the door if you preach about fornication. Who are the person sleeping with all the young women in the church? And you can't say anything. <laughs> because they put your hands behind your back and they will handcuff it. No. Hallelujah. That's why me, I don't like, you know, this type of gifted people that come. Recently, some guys came, they were playing the music in the church. They didn't even come to me. They were making noise. Mm, they, we want to be paid. We want to, as we play music in the church, and the church is very nice. The songs are nice. We have to stop being paid in the church. You know, otherwise we can go to another church. I said, hey, when I heard it, I went to them. I said, hey, have you seen that door? Quickly, move. Don't come here again. This church, I won't give you one penny. I said, me that I preach, do you think the church gives you one penny? How many minutes do you play the music? You play, I mean, you play about, 50, about 10 minutes. Me, I preach one hour. I don't get one pound. I've been preaching here from the day the church started to today. I've never received one pound. And you just came, you are playing just some drums and some guitar and things. Quickly leave. When I said that to them, the next day, I thought they won't come. The next day, they were back. See, because some of these people do that. They, they hold the house of God to ransom because of the gift they have. But Paul is saying that anything you are doing, don't think yourself too highly. Remember that all the gifts we have is for the body to grow. We need the, the music to play for the church to work. We need the prayer people to pray for the church. We need the ashes to usher for the church to work. We need the, the technical people to do whatever they do for the church to work. We need a preacher to preach for the church to work. It's all one body functioning. 
Hallelujah. And we are all serving God. And God is the one who rewards us. Hallelujah. So let us not do it because of a man. I have a lot of all my pastor friends. Sometimes they call me, hey, so how, how much do you pay your, your instrumentalists? You have very good musicians in your church. How much do you pay them? I say, hey, pay. We don't do that here. <laughs> not in this church. One day our pastor in uh, South Africa called, uh, we have these nice uh, musicians who come. They want, so pastor, can we start paying them 100 rand? I say, hey, the day you give that person 100 rand, that's the last day in the church. We don't give one pound, one run, one cobble, one dime. We don't give it to anybody because of the gifts that we are using. No. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 29. For this purpose, this is Paul talking. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. For this, to this end, I labor striving. Someone says striving. You know, he describes the type of labor he gives. He doesn't just work, but he strives. The strive there is showing us the type of labor he is given. I strive according to the workings which he is in me. According to the gifts that he has put in me, I strive to work hard for the house of God. Listen, let's strive to work for the house of God. Don't worry about being tired. Don't worry that you are doing too much more than everybody else. It's not about that. It's not about that. I remember when I used to, you know, I was just a member of the church. I'm the one who went and carried the, the instruments with my own car, my own van, my own petrol. I'll go that we used to keep our instruments, you know, like in about a mile away from the church. I'll drive my van, go and carry all these in the middle of the, uh, the, the, the winter. Cold. I'll go and carry this thing. And in those times, we didn't have this type of slick instruments. We're talking about proper jumbo speakers. I mean, one of them would be like my height. Big, big things. Heavy. Carry them alone into my van. By myself, around 5 a.m., church is starting about 7, 8 o'clock. Because I have to start early. Then I'll move the things into the, the hall. When I get there, the hall is about uh, maybe the, the junction there. I have to carry from the junction to the hall. You have to carry it like uh, 30, 40 meters away from the car park to, into the hall. Carry all this equipment by myself. I was not a pastor. I was not. I was just a member of the church. Go and carry and set up all these instruments. Set them up. Hallelujah. For the church. All those things when you are doing, there's nobody in there. Nobody has come. Everybody's asleep. No one sees that hard work. That was my job. And I will set all these things up. When I finish, by the time I'm finished, around 7.38, uh, quarter to 8, the ashes would have started coming in. Then I'll help the ashes to set up the chairs. Then I have to rush home to go and take my shower and 
dress up and I have to be in church before pastor comes. I have to get to church before 8.30. I'll come. And throughout the service, if there's one feedback as pastor is preaching, <laughs> you don't know stuff of. So throughout the service, my, my heart, I'm like this. Praying. And you see, I had trained guys, you know, like where uh, Joel Dems are sitting. I had trained guys, they are the ones who do it. So me, I'm sitting, or maybe I'm playing the keyboard, I'm sitting there. And then sometimes when they anno- annoy them, then they just, as the pastor speaks, they will put the volume up a bit so that they, they, the noise will come. So that I'll get in trouble. I'm the one sitting here. The people at the back, pastor will not talk to them. You can't. Why was there so much noise when I was preaching? And he blasts me. And then straight after service, you know when people start talking and they are loud, the musicians and the people at the back, that they are having conversation, they are all gone. And I have to take each instrument, all these type of drums and everything, Pack them diligently. Because if I don't pack them well, I'm the one who suffer carrying them. I'll carry them into my van and carry them into the, uh, the, the garage, lock it before I can go home. When I got married, then I got a partner who helped me to carry. <laughs> so my wife was helping me. And the things were all bigger than heavier than her. Hallelujah. But guess what? The Lord blessed me more than all the musicians, more than all the guys who are at the back. God has blessed me more than all of them. They are still roaming around there. Hallelujah. Because God rewards, rewards diligence and hard work. Man may not see it. Nobody, my pastor never one day said thank you. Every time I go, any time they call me, they will call me and stand me up in the middle of the service and blast me. Because the speaker was making wee, wee, and was making wee, not because he hadn't been set up. The people at the back just (laughs) decided to make me hot. And then when when, uh, they they make me stand and they are blasting me, then they'll be laughing. (laughs) Hallelujah. But you see, you know what it taught me? It taught me how to set up the instruments and do it quickly. So when I started my church, it was so easy. Two minutes, everything is ready. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've done it in a while. One of these days, I'll, I'll do competition with one of the young people to dismantle the drums and set it up. I've got time in five minutes. Do it. And when you finish, I'll do it in less than three minutes to show you that I'll show you that I still have it. Because I did it for years and years and years. Hallelujah. I'm saying that to tell us that it is not about who sees and who doesn't see. It is God that you are doing it for. And God will reward you. And you see, when God is rewarding, he rewards you openly. Hallelujah. I've been going on evangelism. Pastor has never called me to say I am a good evangelist of the church. No. Don't wait for pastor to call you. In fact, when pastor calls you, expect him to blast you. 
And when he blasts you, don't be angry. It's part of the work. Hallelujah. The word fervent literally means boil. Amen. Fervent in spirit, boil. Make sure that you are boiling for the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are going to boil for the Lord? Stand to your feet. Let's go.